Uh, we are continuing our series through 1 Thessalonians. Uh, I'll be picking up where Alex left off. So we'll be doing chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And I actually just want to throw up verse 1 right now because there's a little bit of backstory that I have to tell and so that we can understand kind of what's going on. So there we go. Uh, verse 1 says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. And so there's a little backstory going on here. There's a reason that Paul is saying, hey, what we did and what we came to do is not in vain. Obviously, there's a reason he's saying that. Uh, the reason for that is Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel in Thessalonica. They came to spread the gospel there. And the Jews did not like what they were doing. And so what happened is they brought a crew together and they were planning on just running them out of town, whatever that looks like. And so what happened is they got this crew together and they run them out of town and Paul has to leave pretty quickly. And so they're questioning, hey, why, what happened to Paul? Where did he go? He was the guy preaching you the gospel, telling you about Jesus, and he just left. What's up with that? And so he's defending himself saying, hey, what I came to do was not in vain. There was nothing wrong with, with what I did, but kind of just got ran out of town. And so there is uh, scripture to back this up. So up on the slide will be Acts 17, 4 through 5, and I'll read through that really quick for you guys. Uh, and some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, so they are preaching the gospel and they are choosing to follow Christ. And as did a great many of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women, but the Jews were jealous and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And so Paul and Silas are staying with Jason. Jason, at this time, is probably presumably someone who's well off and was able to keep them. And so they're staying in his house while they do their missionary work, and they know that, the Jews know that, so they are coming to presumably attack Paul and Silas or, or get them out of town because they, they don't know what they're doing, they don't like what they're doing, and they want them out. And so Paul is writing this letter right now after this has happened. So he spread the gospel there, and he has left because they came and got him. And so he's writing to say, hey, I did not do any of that in vain. I didn't do anything to not benefit you or bring you just pure gospel, pure Jesus. But with that came a ton of criticism from the Jews because they did not want people to follow Jesus. They wanted the power in the city. They wanted to be the ones that were in control. So that kind of leads us back to picking up in the verses. So verses 1 through 12, I'll read as quickly as I can because there's a little bit there. But um, verses 1 through 12, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you is not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we had been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. 
but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. If you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim the gospel of God. You are witness in God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And so what Paul is saying in these verses is that, hey, I didn't come to to win you over. I didn't come to sell you the gospel. I didn't come to tell you that Jesus is some benefit for me to make money or anything like that. He's saying, I came just to tell you out of the love that I have in my heart for Jesus to tell you about Jesus. And so those verses are him just defending that and saying, hey, God is my witness. I was coming with a pure heart. I came just out of my heart to to tell you about Jesus in hopes that you would believe in him and follow him like they were. And I think that leads to us first wrestling with a question. And there were two routes that I could go with this, and I decided I wanted to go from Paul's perspective. And so trying to put ourselves into Paul's shoes and think, okay, what kind of question should we wrestle with knowing that Paul is giving us this information? And I think the key question is, what is our motive in our Thessalonica? And so Paul has a motive in Thessalonica where he's sharing the gospel. And I think we all have our own Thessalonica, right? We have our work, we have our school, we have our, you fill in the blank, wherever you're at in life, you have a motive for why you do what you do there. And that would be the best definition I can give for motive if some of you are looking and saying, okay, what, what the heck's a motive? Just why do you do what you do? And so you have these areas of your life, like Paul, when he was in Thessalonica, why do you do what you do at work? Why do you do what you do at school? Why do you do it, what you do on vacations or with your family or, like I said, fill in the blank? And I think that's a question that we need to wrestle with because a lot of times, if I'm being honest with myself, I have selfish motives. I want to make money or I want life to go easily or smoothly or I just want to do what I want to do. And that's my motive rather than what Paul gives us as a motive. And I think Paul does gives a, give us an example of what our motive should be and it comes out in slide or verse four on this slide. Verse four says this, but, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. I think our motive should be just that. Paul's motive is to please God. He wants to do whatever he can in his life, with his life, to please God. And I think that should be our motive in, in whatever area of life just came to your brain when I was talking about that. So what's it look like for your motive to be pleasing to God at work or at home or like I said, school, fill in the blank. Now, the next question is, okay, that's great. My motive should be to please God, but how? How do I please God? How do I go about doing that? 
How do I have my motive be to please God and only God? I think the how behind that is in what Paul is doing, and it's simple, but it's not simple. Paul does one thing that he talks about in verse 4. He said, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. And so how, how do we please God? We share the gospel, right? And we've heard that over and over and over and over, but I felt like reading through this this past week has been like, I mean, it, it's like, duh, but we need to hear it. We have to share the gospel. That's what's pleasing to God. And we don't just share the gospel. We share the gospel boldly. Because you're probably hearing share the gospel and you may have just started to tune me out a little bit because you've already heard it a hundred times. Share the gospel. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to share the gospel. How? Paul, in his defense of himself, shows us exactly how. So it's clever that like this book, he's going through a defense of here's what I did defending his position and not being in vain. But as a Christian, we can look at this and say, oh, that's how he did it. That's what he did. And that's huge because Paul, probably the best missionary of all time. So looking back at verse two, which is up there for you guys as well, it says this, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, I'll stop there. He's coming from Philippi saying, hey, I was already treated like garbage over there for sharing the gospel. I was already treated like trash. I was run out of the place. Continues on, as you know, because he told them. Though we had already suffered and shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in midst of much conflict. And so... He says, yeah, we were treated like garbage and terribly at Philippi, but we're going to come here and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to share the gospel. And we're not going to do it half in, half out. It's just going to be bold. We're going to tell you what it is, and it's going to be truthful. Because there's power in that. We don't have the power to change people, but when we tell the gospel to people, God can move and work and change. And that's what Paul believes, and that's why he's so bold in his faith to go share the gospel. And I, I'm guilty of this, so I'm sure some of us are too. I feel like I can maybe share the gospel if someone brings it up. Or if, like, hey, I go to church, and then you're kind of like waiting for somebody to respond. That's not what Paul's doing here. He's going to boldly stand up and say, this is what God is doing, and this is who he is. And he does that because he loves them enough and it's just an outpouring of his heart. And so I think that's the first step for us. Yeah, share the gospel. You've heard that a thousand times, but share it boldly. Share it truthfully, share it openly, and don't waver. God will change people. God will move. And we have conflict too. It's not nearly what Paul's having. We don't have mobs running on us out of town. But we do deal with that internal conflict of, well, what if they don't accept me anymore? What if I'm not their friend anymore? What if, whatever you're dealing with. But if you come down to the end of it, the most important thing that we could ever do for anybody ever is to share the gospel with them. Think about it. 
what's more important to anybody in the entire world other than to share the gospel with them? Nothing, right? And so he steps up, he boldly shares it. And then there's some other intricacies to what he's doing and what we need to do. Next, we have to share the gospel with pure hearts and motivation. There's some scripture to this too that I'll read through quickly, but verses three through six. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. So verse three, he's just saying, hey, I didn't come to trick you into Jesus. I didn't come to tell you that, oh, well, if you believe in Jesus, you're gonna make a bunch of money and your life's gonna be great. That's not what he's doing. So verse three, he's just saying, hey, I don't have any impurity coming at you. I'm just trying to tell you about Jesus, trying to tell you about the gospel because it's important and it's what I wanna tell you. Going to verse four, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. And this one rips me up because I'm a people pleaser to a T. Like, I don't want anyone to be upset with me. I don't want people to think badly about me. I want to please everybody. And Paul calls me out here. He says, hey, I'm not here to please anybody. I'm here to tell you the truth of the gospel. Simply put. And so he, again, just, he is telling us through reading this, Loving people is important, being relational is important, but pleasing everybody is not what's most important. Tell them the gospel. It might not be pleasing to them. They might even reject you. End of the day, you told them. Going to verse five. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. What he's saying there is, I didn't come to you to get money because I told you of this. I didn't come for the house that we were staying in. I didn't come for anything but simply to tell you the gospel. And then finally, verse six, nor do we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as the apostles of Christ. And so again, he came in and he said, hey, I'm not looking for your acceptance, I'm not looking for you, you to lift us up and give us glory. I simply just wanna share the gospel with you and I want you to give glory to God. And now that leads into what I think is the last part that Paul does so well and that's sharing the gospel through love and relationship. And so up until this point, you've probably felt like, okay, this is a little maybe too serious. Like, okay, I get like sharing the gospel and I need to be bold and I need to be strong but there's also love and relationship that comes with it. Paul doesn't just come in and start hitting people with Bibles and like, yeah, you gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know. No, there's love and relationship that was built into this and, and you can hear it in the scripture. Verse seven, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And so we need to be gentle with other people. We need to be loving. We need to live life with people and do it in a way that we can organically and purely share the gospel with them rather than like hitting them upside the head with it. Like, whoa, where did that come from? 
No, Paul is saying, hey, we lived life with each other to a point where you had become dear to me. And at the end of the chapter, he talks about his desire to come back because he loves them and he wants to see them again. And so just building that relationship and caring for people and loving them and sharing the gospel. That combination is what works so well and it's what God would do and he did through Jesus. Jesus was the most relational, loving human being that ever walked the earth. He's our example. We have to be willing to not only share it boldly, share it with a pure heart, with no incentive for ourselves other than the person knowing Jesus, and through love and relationship. It's going to take effort. It's going to take like, hey, let's go meet these people. Let's meet them where they're at. Let's get to know them rather than just okay, I've talked to you a few times, like, I'll share the gospel, check the box, and leave. That's not it. And so he, Paul breaks down these three things of how we go about sharing the gospel with people and the importance of it. And a question that might be coming up is, okay, what do we do about believers? What did Paul do for the believers, the new believers and the ones that were there, and it boils down to verses 11 through 14 and 19 through 20. Uh, 11 through 14 says this, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And so Paul is saying, hey, I came in and I just encouraged you guys. You accepted Jesus and I'm here to push you and spur you on. I'm not here to just leave you and leave you behind and you just figure out this thing on your own. He said, no, I'm here to encourage and bring you alongside of me and we push each other and get better. And then we go out and we share. I love verses 19 through 20. Uh, he finishes up this little section by saying, for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? for you are our glory and our joy. And so he is just telling them how much joy that they have brought him through accepting Jesus and becoming followers of Jesus. And so that's another way we can just bring encouragement to people and say, hey, I'm so happy that you are a part of the family with me and with us. And encouraging them and teaching them, what does it look like to walk with Jesus every day? You're going to have people that go from not knowing Jesus to, okay, I believe him, what do I do? That's where we have to come alongside those believers and say, okay, let's go this way. Let's learn what this looks like together. Let's encourage each other through that. And so I think that's a lot of what we could be doing here. Obviously, this is like home base for a lot of us. This is where we come back every week. I know for me, I get re-energized. I'm an eighth grade math teacher. I'm spent by Tuesday night. <laughs> but I come here and I'm encouraged and I'm excited and I'm looking forward to opportunities to love people and care for them and, most importantly, share the gospel with them. And so I hope that when you come here that, that you're feeling that encouragement and support because I think that's what Paul is calling us to here in First Thessalonians. So just quick recap of everything. 
our motive in life is to please God. Then that leads to the question, okay, how? After you get the how, it's one to share the gospel. But how? How are we going about sharing the gospel? You're going to share it boldly. Share it with a pure heart. And finally, share it with love and relationship. You can't just hit people upside the head with the gospel. Right? So you're coming alongside people. You're loving them. You're caring for them. You're in relationship with them. And then you're sharing. Out of the outpour of the love in your heart. Now, what about the believers? Encourage and support. We're here to encourage one another, support one another, and lift each other up so that we can send each other back out, right? Tuesday night is home base, but Wednesday morning is Thessalonica, wherever that is for you, right? I'm at Talmadge Middle School Wednesday morning. That's, that's it. Praying that I don't lose my job if I share the gospel. <laughs> but that's... That's the truth of it, right? And whatever that is for you, school, college campus, and you have thousands of opportunities of people that you could be close side by side. Hey, you're in class together. You're building relationship. Tell them the gospel. Again, I, I just want to leave you with the gospel is the single most important thing that you could ever tell anybody ever. That sounds like a huge statement, but it's the truth. So I want to just pray for us, pray for that mission, and then uh, we will break up into small groups. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity, thankful that you are so good and that you are moving through this ministry and through all the people in it. Uh, Lord, I pray again that this is home base, that we are building each other up and that you would send us off to wherever we are supposed to be and wherever we're supposed to go and give us the boldness, the purity, and the love and relationship to share the gospel with everyone that we meet. Lord, we love you. I'm so thankful for Next, thankful for the ministry that you've created, and we pray for these small groups that the conversation would be centered on you. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.